welcome to the Panoramic Outdoors Podcast, connecting you to all things outdoors. Welcome back to episode 140 of the Panoramic Outdoors podcast. It has been a minute since we've been behind the mics here. So uh, to all the faithful listeners, welcome back. Thank you for uh, joining us on our Christmas break. We kind of took the the month of December off there. So uh, we're back in the new year here. And uh, right now I got uh, myself, Jason, Tristan's on the other line on the other end there. How's it going, Tristan? Oh, not too bad. Just bouncing back after the holidays here. Excited that we finally got the ice shack up and on the river there. So that's that's big news. But yeah, looking forward to the weekend here. Hopefully you get out, do a little fishing. Nice. Yeah, we're back in Yale Sauger Hole on the river, which is pretty sweet. And uh, the kids were reeling in a few fish this weekend too. So our last weekend there when we got it out. So pretty pumped about that. And uh, they seem to be getting in, into it more. But uh this weekend, we're going to be out on Lake Winnipeg with uh, Canuck Outfitters. We're going to be in one of their shacks. So if you're, uh, you guys are cruising around and want to come check it out, shoot us a, a DM on Instagram. And uh, if we're, uh, yeah, if we're uh, holding it down, just uh, we'll shoot you some coordinates, I guess. So come check it out. They are, I think they're one of the, the three outfitters that got licensed to um accommodate people overnight on the ice so that's pretty cool yeah that's big news also big news in the lockport area with the ice road being plowed there for a little ice fishing so it's uh it's exciting to see they call it the the ice fishing village there apparently they're supposed to be skating so if uh, you haven't heard check it out the uh the lockport ice village yeah that's just down from uh red river cats there <laughs> best way to access that i think but you can also get get to it from the uh the floodway side there east side there too yeah yeah exactly so yep and then uh, i made a little deer stew today so was trying to polish off some of the meat from last season there so add a little too much salt though so i was trying to catch up to that on the the back end i'll let you know how it turns out (laughs) (laughs) that's jody always gives me shit about that because it's always like I like quite a bit of salt on my stuff. And she's always, if I oversalt something, I hear about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Problem is, is you can't throw salt in like the changes. If you salt it after, right. You don't get this. It's a different flavor. It's a different effect. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, I'll tell you what, man, it is, uh, well, we, we got a little break in the weather here. It's, it's warmed up quite a bit, but the, so far this winter, it has been a wool love season, my friend. We've been uh, at the start of December there. We had quite the, the cool weather and uh, snow, cold weather, snow, cold weather, blowing. So I pretty much have had the uh, the old wool love on since the start of December and I've uh, been rotating her through. They've got some of the, uh, some heavier uh, bottoms now on their website as well. So um they got the lighter stuff that obviously we work quite a bit, but they, uh, they just sent out some of the heavier stuff. So it's good for colder weather. 
and uh, obviously keeps you quite a bit warmer. So if you guys are interested in picking up some wool love, head over to wool.love, use the promo code panoramic15, get yourself 15% off of any piece of wool love, and you can build packages there and save a whole bunch of money. Or if you guys are interested, head over to Amazon, and uh, they also deliver through Amazon. So super cool. If you want the convenience of Amazon, it's there. Or if you want to save some money, head over to the website. That's wool.love and uh, check them out. They also have their sister company, North Wool, on the website there. It's like a thicker, thicker mid-layer. And uh, they have um, like a, almost like a hoodie style for, for men and leggings for women too. So check them out there. Wool.love. Yeah. And uh, this episode here, we sat down with Brandon and Logan from the uh, Weekend Warrior Fishing Podcast been a long time coming i think we had it in the works for a little while and those guys have been doing their thing for a couple of years now so it was it was great to finally connect with them and kind of hear where they were coming from get the they're based on saskatchewan so we kind of get the saskatchewan perspective out of them and uh we exchange a little manitoba perspective on our end but uh full disclosure she ran a little long so who knows we might have to sit down with them again in the near future here yeah i think it's, it's definitely in the books and it's uh couple of good old Saskatchewan fellas there so I think they're pretty much similar similar boat that we are uh obviously they're they're uh handle the weekend warriors you know that's that's the same kind of same kind of perspective we have right we all got all got the daytime gigs and then it's all uh pretty much all weekends and holidays for us right so oh I thought this was your full-time I thought you were just hunting every day there Chase hunting <laughs> fishing every day living the dream <laughs> yeah living the dream baby Anyways, we won't keep you guys too much longer. We'll get this one rolling. It is a long one. So uh, thanks again to Brandon and Logan. And uh, we'll see you guys on the other side of this one. Well, this is a, this is a first for the Weekend Warriors podcast. I'm not sure if it is for the, uh, the Panoramic Boys, but we've got kind of a bit of a, I don't know if you want to call it inception going on here. This is going to be aired on both of our platforms. So it's kind of going to be, if you're a Weekend Warriors listener, you're going to obviously kind of know who me and Brandon are. And if you haven't heard the Panoramic Boys yet, well, you're going to find that out in this episode. And I guess for the Panoramic listeners, total opposite, right? Uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone's heard of you guys. So it's, I don't, I don't know if we'll be adding any, any new, new followers. Stuff? Who knows? Eh? Yeah, I, I, I feel like, like our, our separation between uh, Manitoba and Saskatchewan is probably the the least amount that you could have province to province throughout yeah. Canada for sure. Yeah, no, I mean <laughs> I totally agree with that. We're gonna we're gonna have some some mixed emotions though. We're gonna have a lot of bomber fans tuning in. We're gonna have a lot of Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans tuning in and then we're gonna get a couple of randoms out east I'm sure. So <laughs> Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't even we can't even talk after the season the riders had this year. So yeah, we have no yeah, guns. I wasn't too worried about it. No, no, we're good there. But no, I, I think this is uh, something pretty cool. But I guess for the Weekend Warriors listeners, we've got two thirds of you guys here, right? So I don't know who wants to take it away first. Just kind of introduce yourself, and and we'll go from there. Yeah, Tristan here, um, the the eldest of the uh, the trio of the Panoramic Outdoors. Is that accurate, there, Chase? Um, I don't yeah. know. I don't even I know how old Sheldon is. <laughs> his birthday's coming up though anyway sheldon couldn't be here uh tonight he's uh he's a little under the weather but yeah uh 
we've been at it what since 2018 there chaser yeah pretty much that's when we kind of hit it hard start mm-hmm. to anyway mm-hmm. and just uh it's been uh it's been a ride it's been fun and a lot of I, i'm guessing we're going to talk a little bit about how how the uh the outdoor contact game works but mm-hmm. uh yeah it's it's been exciting it's uh it's a real pleasure to be on the on the podcast with you fellas today so uh just uh looking forward to ice season on our end here a little maybe a little change of pace and uh hopefully hopefully we get set up and established not too too long here mm-hmm. chase, chase you want to say hello yeah so uh i'm chase i'm actually tristan's brother believe it or not okay. i don't know if you guys are looking at the Ooh. video right now but uh it's kind of like the the Doug and Steve Batabi <laughs> <laughs> night at the Roxbury line. You guys are brothers? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly would never have known that. So I'm happy you told me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's kind of funny. We we always get a lot of people with it, but um, even even people that we've been friends with quite a while, like if somebody's like say Tristan's good friend, and then they meet me, and they're just totally mind blown. Um. But anyways, yeah, so we're uh, born and bred Manitoba folk, if you don't know uh, our crew at all. Um, I guess kind of residing in, like, me and Tristan are, are on, uh, I guess, favor the east side of the province, hmm. kind of central. Sheldon's on the west side. And, uh, yeah, we've been, uh, like Tristan said, been doing it since 2018. And um, hunting, fishing, a little bit of camping in between bushcraft stuff stuck on the river once in a while and yeah. uh yeah just transitioning into the uh the ice season here i just got a bunch of gear ready for my first trip tomorrow morning so looking forward to that where where about so you guys haven't been on the ice yet eh uh yeah no i've been i had plans last week to go but uh are you guys you guys have any like uh, kids at all no no, no, no. <laughs> no? Yeah, <laughs> so it is chaos here right now. I don't know. I'm sure everyone who has kids that's listening right now can attest to this. It's just like, just like all kinds of like colds and flus just ripping through the the school systems. Yeah. Oh yeah. And both the kids were just wrecked last week. The wife was down, and uh, fishing plans got put on hold. So um, we're heading out this week, and I'm hoping this the temperature is taking quite a bit of a dip. And I'm hoping that doesn't affect them too much. But I also feel like explaining to the wife that you're going ice fishing and you're going to take the spud bar and the kids and test the ice as you go isn't like a good look <laughs> at, the, at the dinner table yeah. around. You're like, oh, no, we should be okay. There's like maybe three or four inches out there. We should I'll be good. A, put a life jacket on the kids. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'm actually heading out to the red tomorrow. So I'll be trying to find some walleye and probably just end up catching Sager though. <laughs> yeah that's... hey nothing wrong with that though no like, definitely not what what that's... is the master angler sauger in, in manitoba i think it's what is it 18 inches or something like that no it's got to be bigger than that i think that's I what it know. is here in sask yeah. yeah i was gonna say i think it was 18 or 19 but uh yeah i know i know a few people that have caught some like 20 21 inch saugers this open water season and it's like those are those are cool like i i don't know a whole lot of people that actually catch sauger so Oh, dude, they are thick in like the the Lake Winnipeg Red River system there. Um, Chase, you're on with the fishery side, though, isn't there like a lot of like concern with the sauger population in the in that river system right now? Like that they're because then you get sauger. 
Oh, because they're plummeting. No. Yeah, because they're plummeting oh. right now. There's and been it's a lot of over harvest and stuff not, like that, I think. Yeah, not the river because there's, there's no like, um, there's not a whole lot of like commercial fishing on the river and there's not, uh, not too many people keep a bunch of fish on the river. But um, on Lake Winnipeg, where there's lots of commercial fishing and I'm not trying to bash commercial fishermen in this end by any means. And if you were to take a sauger and a walleye's, Pretty much, you know, you can't really tell the difference between the two on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, a lot of them just get uh, tossed in with the uh, with the walleye catch. And the thing is, like a mature sauger, so something that we like compared to like a twenty eight inch walleye is like the right in the the good eater zone, pretty much. Yeah. For for walleye, like that, you know, fifteen to eighteen inches kind of thing. Like like we just said, it's like. I think it's 18 inches for master angler here. I'm just looking at. Yeah, that. that's I don't even know. that's what Sask is, and I think that's a good point that, like you, you look at a 13 inch perch and you're kind of like, oh, that's a pretty good, pretty good sized perch. Like maybe that's a breeder put it back kind of thing, right? And people kind of like you mm-hmm. said, lump walleye in with or sauger with walleye, and um, I think when you get that going, when you start taking out the like, imagine if you're just keeping 28, 30 inch walleye like that too, right? Like that wouldn't uh, mm-hmm. that wouldn't go too well. So yeah, totally. So that's that's kind of the the concern right now, and that well, that's what they're they're saying, right? Everyone saying that they were catching them, and keeping them, and but uh, yeah, they're trying to trying to trying to avoid that a little bit, do a little bit more um, just communication around the whole situation and and the the, the recognition of the fish as well, because um, a lot of anglers get them mixed up as well, like because we have. There's a few things to tell, like the difference between a sauger and a walleye, obviously. And we actually get quite a few sauger that have almost identical coloration to like a greenback, pretty much. Mm-hmm. They might be a little bit more pale, but uh, so like the just identifying factors, like the the white tip on the tail, um, the spots on the on the dorsal, and the um, uh, what do you call them? Scales on the cheeks are like the the three like guarantees that usually come across right yeah but. that's that's kind of di- like we don't have that i know there's some in Diefenbaker, but as far as being down south here like i don't i don't fish the chains like at all i think i have twice i don't know if they have sauger i don't think they do um i mean theoretically anything that's in Diefenbaker could end up in the quipel system right or the rest of the quipel system but for me the main time i'm catching them is up north um like north of the range and stuff and where we're getting those they're dark brown with black Mm -hmm. splotches and like it's like it's clear there but then i've seen pictures where it's like people argue about it on facebook it's a sauger it's a walleye it's a sauger like it's it's it's, a pickerel yeah it's a pickerel (laughs) (laughs) you guys have pickerel out there depends who you talk to (laughs) yeah depends who you talk to i'm amazed i thought that was a manitoba thing I thought for sure that was, but it, it's funny that the vernacular, or the, the words out there too. Yeah. I, well, it's like me, me personally, growing up my entire life, my dad would call walleye pickerel and it's yeah. been, a, it's, it's been a job transitioning <laughs> his vocabulary <laughs> to walleye. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, you know, every time he goes out, he's like, yeah, you know, we got a, we got this big, nice pickerl. I'm like, no, you didn't. You got a walleye. Like <laughs> it's become this whole thing. It, it's sold in the stores here as pickerel. Yeah, like it's not yeah. sold as walleye. It's it's wild how like popular. There's like there's rye bread in the store in Manitoba, <laughs> and then there's pickerel. There's no 
There's no walleye. Yeah, well, that's that's the same here. You go to restaurants that are considered to be more high class or whatever, and you get Diefenbaker steelhead. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how that works. Is my understanding of a steelhead is ocean like going out to the ocean, right? Yeah. And I'm like, we are we are landlocked here. There's no there's no ocean. It's just because I think that's the name of the company that has the fish farm there on Deef. But I'm like, people right. think they're getting steelhead wild steelhead kind of thing or whatever and I'm, i i just laugh every time i see the menu because i'm like yeah it's it's not quite that but i mean what's what's someone who knows nothing though right so <laughs> it's a good selling feature yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but um that's one thing that i heard a while ago is um i mean it's just probably fishermen talking but i something about people were concerned about the sauger and diefenbaker because if they mate with walleye i guess it's you get potentially that saw guy and uh, from mm-hmm. what i understand is they can't reproduce is that you guys know anything about that i don't know much about the saw guy I, I know the the conversation always rolls in into the either the boat or on the ice a couple times a year whether or not you know the fish comes up and you're like oh that's a saw guy and it's a little bit of banter back and forth there but it's um i don't actually know if they can reproduce or not that's a good question and um i mean it makes sense if you look at a lot of like species that can cross produce like that the the product is usually a sterile one yeah not sterile mm-hmm. but they just don't can reproduce right yeah tiger trout yeah yeah the old liger there donkeys or mules what mules i think yeah i call i yeah. call sagai the mules of of fish but i i mean I, <laughs> there could be some fish like there's lots of fisheries people that listen to this friends that i have and stuff and they're maybe shaking their head right now and What's yeah. this guy talking about? So I could be totally wrong. I'm not claiming to to know it for sure. Like I said, it's fishermen talking. I wouldn't even want to know how many people shake their head when they listen to our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that's a maybe that's a new new count. Here's here's, here's uh, the silver lining to this though. If there's a saw guy expert out there, let's get him on and let's fire this conversation up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could probably have James back on Logan, and um, so a really good. Good friend of ours. He's uh, the head of fisheries at the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation. Nice. Um, he's kind of the guy that kind of manned the the whole master angler program here that launched last year. And, yeah. And uh, he would be a really good guy to probably have that conversation with. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm curious about that and how, how you guys are uh, seeing things are participating in that over there because you guys, like the Manitoba Mass Angler um, program here is like huge. Like yeah. Hunt Fish Manitoba <laughs> runs it. And they do a wicked job. Uh, Keevan is like the, I think he's one of the. Kevin. <laughs> he's one of the, the the leaders there now. And they, uh, yeah, they're doing a great job putting that on. And it's huge for the fisheries and stuff like that too, right? It's a big attraction. Yeah. But yes. um, how's it how's it been over there for you guys? Well, I caught a mass anger walleye and forgot to get a bump board picture last weekend. So that's how it's going for me. <laughs> um <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, I uh, before we had the Master Angler program here, I remember I went over to, um, to Manitoba and fished the red with a buddy, and we caught, we caught, what was it, six, six masters, or five in forty-five minutes. Our first day there, we caught wow. five masters in forty-five minutes, and I was like, oh, this is cool, getting a picture on the bump board for each one, and we're uploading them in between fish and stuff, and, and then yeah. we pushed back further towards. Um, further towards the lake there and kind of going after bullhead and same thing there every bullhead was a master angler and 
I was like, <laughs> God, I was going to make a joke about a hot bullhead bite, but I, you guys actually went for it. So. Yeah, no, it was, it, it, it we I get, kind of got off topic, but we, we fished, uh, what was it? Saturday, Sunday, and half of Monday with it being a long weekend. And in that morning, we fished from six till 12 on that Monday. And we went through three boxes of 24 worms cut in half on bullhead. <laughs> just double headers nice. on pickle rigs that it was just every, we we measured pretty well every one and they were just to see because it was like every single one was over a master angler and i'm like is this just this spot kind of thing and it's mm-hmm. it's tough everywhere else i didn't know because i'd never caught one but no it's i participated in the manitoba one and we were always talking like man it'd be sweet if saskatchewan had something like this and obviously manitoba's is very very well established and you guys i had never seen more people fishing like when you drive down the riverbank from the launch at, I think it's at Selkirk there, and you drive up to the locks or whatever, we were just checking that out. I'm like, I've never seen this many people fishing at once. The shores were just covered with people, the boats everywhere, and I was like, it's pretty cool. But um, the Saskatchewan one's been picking up pretty good. Um, luckily, I think they allowed like a year or two grace period. So if you had a picture of your master angler walleye from a year before it started, um, on the bump board and stuff that met all the criteria, I think you could still upload one there. So that helped me. Um, but like I said, I took, got one on the bump board last weekend. There's 28 and three quarters or whatever. And yeah, picture re- release. And I was watching it go down the hole and I was like, I didn't get a picture of it on the bump board. So <laughs> that was too bad, but I don't, I don't know about Brandon. Um, yeah, like I have a couple submitted, but like I've never used the Manitoba master angler program, but Logan showed me like the app because he has some submissions and I feel like it's a, a little more advanced. I mean, it's obviously been around for a little bit longer. Um, Saskatchewan's is, is still kind of in the infant stages, uh, still working out some some best practices and everything like that. The usability of it's 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 good, um, but I feel like the the Manitoba one obviously is, you know, a little bit of a head to Saskatchewan as far as usability and being able to like search your your past catches and stuff like we have the the anglers registration which is which is good but like i feel like there's no account right there's no account right you don't have an account so you submit your catch and you get your certificate and everything but you can't like go look at other people's accounts and like all of their submissions and everything like that so yeah yeah. um just from what logan showed me the manitoba one's quite different yeah so like interesting the nice thing is like i was just looking at mine I've gone to Manitoba, I think, three times. I've got three badges, 15 catches, and it shows my rank of 5,100. So I don't know <laughs> I don't know if that's good or not, but for three trips, it's not bad. And it's cool because I can look back, um, I guess, for people watching. Like, it's got all the pictures and everything. Like, I've got some smallmouth, I think, a lake trout. Yeah, I got some channel catfish, smallmouth, and lake trout, and bullhead. And you can go and look at all that and see your progression and stuff like that too right because there's different tiers and stuff like we have the tier system and stuff too but like brandon said i was just looking at it this weekend and um it's an account feature would be pretty nice but i mean it's like brandon said it's it's just getting started james pretty well did most of it all on his own too so um, like i know cabells is sponsored uh, on the manitoba one so i'm sure that helps as far as um being able to run it too and stuff like that but i think it's i think yeah. it's awesome it just adds another aspect right yeah, and it's run through like a different entity, right? Like the you said the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation is running that one. Yeah. Just so they I mean they probably have some grant a grant to, to do it or whatever, but ours is run by like the 
the Travel Manitoba, which is, um, I think they're provincially funded, aren't they, Tristan? Yeah, they would be like, yeah. Yeah. They get the, the, like the tourist aspect, right? So, like, there's a different, there's probably a different engine behind yeah. all that. All that. Yeah. Because the, yeah. the Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation is its own not-for-profit, whereas we have uh, Hunt Fish Saskatchewan now and Tourism Saskatchewan. So those obviously government bodies. And I know talking to Keevan uh, with him running all the, like the marketing side of that, um, yeah, his his is definitely government because he was just talking about how he's, they really have to make sure that everything's kosher and stuff like that, right, when they're mm-hmm. sponsoring or doing videos and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, yeah, he definitely he has more of the government side of it, and the the SWF Saskatchewan Wildlife Federation is is kind of its own own not for profit. So, yeah, the uh, the cool thing about the these master angler apps too, and it's it's kind of it's um, pushing the the like citizen science behind things, and so the I mean for those who participate with them, there's there's a lot of guys that are like the the uh, just master angler hunters out there and they just go and yeah. you know they have their spots and they don't want to share them or whatever and, and they don't participate in the app but lots of people obviously do participate in the app and uh and you can like compare year to year on the app right so how many big fish are getting caught in the area and you get all that information over a period of time so for instance uh, a couple of years ago there's a some popular like crappy lake southeast here in manitoba and and uh Everyone was saying that they're all fished out because everyone's fishing them and all this stuff. And um, I was talking to, so this is third-hand information or second-hand information, I guess. So <laughs> we only deal with facts here. So. <laughs> but uh, but they, they said, uh, you know, they use uh, the Master Angler app to check, you know, okay, what's going on? They're like, are, are, is there still like the same amount of Master Anglers coming in that we have had in previous years? And I guess they looked it up and they had the same same amount coming in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the fisheries wasn't too concerned about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, it kind of makes sense too, because even people use different ways to be make their determination if a lake's fished out or not, right? But I know you could be catching fish there all the time and maybe don't realize that the growth's actually been stunted because there's so many fish in that like say like mm-hmm. for stocked lakes and stuff like that right and so people might just think oh no this is great look at how many fish we're catching the population is great here when really it's been stunted whereas other lakes maybe it's a lot less bites they think oh yeah it's been fished out when really it's just there's a smaller number of big fish right population smaller but there's still the big fish there like i know we have some some big fish lakes but you can go a while quite a while without getting a bite right like i know i've made the trip for for some trophy tigers in Manitoba there. And um, if you weren't looking around, some days you could think, yeah, this lake's dead when it's clearly not and it gets fished a ton, right? So um, I, think it, I think it all depends. And right, people, once again, fishermen get talking and come up with these wild ideas because they have a long time to sit there with nothing going on and <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> what, what they come up with. So. Yeah. Yeah. When you're traveling like three or four hours by a truck or maybe more, you know, you come up with a lot of crazy ideas. Yeah. When you're wily eyed <laughs> and tired as can be, just not, not in the right mind frame there. But uh I guess yeah. I guess um kinda kinda went off on a tangent there. Not a not a bad thing at all. But how did how did you guys get started? Because I know we've been asked a couple times on the pod how how me and Brandon get started. And I, I've followed you guys since before we started the the podcast. I don't know how long ago Same it, thing. It, 
Yeah. So like, how did, how did you guys get going? Oh man. So it kind of depends on who's answering this one, how the conversation goes. But <laughs> <laughs> we were kind of, um, the, the outdoor media scene was kind of starting to, to get pretty heavy. And, um, I had, had been doing like not as much outdoor stuff as I wanted to. And I kind of wanted to transition into, you know, how can I make a business out of this? How can I, how can I do this, but still be closer to home? Um, I was kind of, so at the time I was out of town a lot for work, like six months of the year kind of thing and had kids. And now I'm trying to get like closer to home to spend time with the kids and family <laughs> and stuff. I was like, all right, well, this is, this might be a cool transition thing to like start doing some of this outdoors media stuff. And uh, I was talking to Sheldon about it. And uh, if you talk to him, we had a conversation while we're coming off Lake Winnipeg about it. And uh, my story goes, I was up in Churchill and I was called him on the phone and I just talked to him about it. <laughs> I was in Churchill. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then I was like, okay, hey, well, I, I got to ask Tristan too if he wants to be part of this because he'd kill me if I didn't ask him. And then we started this up. <laughs> so, Classic brother move. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, yeah, so we kind of started out and recorded like four podcasts in one weekend and aired, I think, one of them because a couple of them we had too many, uh, too much liquid courage <laughs> to get fired up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, the first episodes were just completely terrible, but. Yeah, We've we can relate been. to that, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's with anything, though, right? It doesn't matter if it's a podcast or anything that you're starting out at. You're yeah. going to be bad in it. It's just something that you need to grasp that you're going to suck. And yeah. it is going to get better, but you're going to suck at the start. Yeah. I still think I suck at podcasting, so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honestly, like, we, we're almost on uh, year three here. And... Uh, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to get much easier. I find. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I, I feel like it's still year one, and you know, you're continually meeting new people, and like, you know, every person's different. It's different too, and you can't you know meet them in person. So through a screen, it still feels difficult almost at at, at some point uh, mm-hmm. with some people. But yeah, that's I guess so. As we, if we want to kind of expand on that a little bit too, I mean we. So we started out there and we had, it was kind of cool to see how everything expanded from there. We had tons of local support uh, when we first launched and we, you know, we got some, some merchandise going and we had, we just did like pre-orders because we couldn't afford to, to like buy a bunch of clothing and stock a bunch of clothing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a ton of support there. And then, uh, yeah, COVID came and we, we were pretty adamant that we're doing every conversation in person. So we did quite a bit of traveling and we had a little bit more time on our hands. We, this was like three, four years ago when, you know, I just had one kid in the mix and now there's, I got two, Tristan's got two. And, uh, so then COVID came around and it kind of pushed us into the, the digital world, which was great because it was a big learning curve for us. And, uh, but it opened up the door to like tons of more guests and we got some freaking amazing people on the podcast and had some amazing conversations and just like just like mind-blowing like life-changing conversations a lot of them too yeah and um which is which is really cool and it was also pretty neat to see how the technology in the digital world changed from when we first started into that uh 
where it's at now. Oh yeah, and we totally. just started. We just started on Skype. I think we started on doing on Skype, right? Yeah, we were Skype first. Yeah, and then it was Zoom. Oh my god, because <laughs> because Skype was a disaster, and then <laughs> Zoom wasn't even that great yet. It was still like had to do a lot of like editing, and it was it was it was really weird because like some of the levels came in just terrible. And then now it, now it's pretty good though. You can almost take it right off Zoom and plug it straight into the player. Oh, that's good. And where you go. Yeah, there's but, lots of podcasts that seem like that you'd start to listen to around COVID and that Zoom, like the like you get the robot voice and there are people cutting it out. It's just <clears throat> it was hard, right? And like Zoom was just like blew up during COVID, right? Like it's basically every it seemed like every school was using it and and all that stuff, right? For all these classes. So yeah, no, that's uh mm-hmm. we we luckily the Zoom Zoom was obviously there, still there, but we we came across this platform that we use and like you said the way things transition like we we got this like i don't even know how long it had been out it was just an ad that we got yeah like it hadn't been out long like <laughs> the amount that it's changed in those in those two years and they're still updating it and stuff it's it's been pretty crazy to see that whole transition it's not like it was something you came into that's been there for a couple of years and you see the odd update right like this thing has totally yeah. been overhauled and changed a couple times since we started, kind of like, so. uh, kind of like Hummingbird Mega Live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the start till now. <laughs> no kidding. Pretty soon it's just going to be VR goggles on the boat, eh? Yeah, well, no doubt. It's just yeah. crazy. Even uh, um, Jay's so video. So I guess. It, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I, I just want to. So, like, I guess what are our, our? I guess our our inception was like we like the outdoors stuff. We want to share with people. And our idea was to like kind of educate and not to say that we, we knew everything because we certainly don't know half of anything. Yeah. Just like bring cool people, cool guests on and and uh, try to like make a difference too in the outdoor world. So we've done a couple like charity things and, and raise money for a few folks and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so that was our kind of motivation behind things. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, was it any different for you, Tristan, or is that basically how you, you see it too? Well, I definitely, I got the phone call that was like, hey, we're starting this outdoor thing. You want in? So like. (laughs) (laughs) Are you in or are you out? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, let's go. So like at the time, definitely had more free time. Uh, But yeah, it's been a hell of a ride. Um, And honestly, like I didn't, I don't know if you ever fully know what you're getting into, but like to, to be able to do some of the shit that we've done because of panoramic is is pretty cool so yeah like i i'm i think we'll talk a little later about kind of like the, the the pros and the cons of running a uh an outdoor business but uh yeah there's been some just some great opportunities and it's been a it's been a it's a ride because it is a business sometimes too so you gotta yeah. you gotta be responsible on that side too we can't just throw five thousand dollar christmas shakers <laughs> just because we want to yeah yeah exactly uh, but yeah how do you sound... guys how, how did you guys get started that's what i want to know you want to take her sure i mean we can I'll, tell I'll, both I'll our start. yeah I'll, I'll, i can start it and you can take over for me when i start making up stuff um yeah no like honestly like it was back late 2019 i kind of really started getting into ice fishing and I just wanted somewhere where I could post fishing content and my family and friends wouldn't like be super annoyed. 
So I created like my own Instagram and Facebook page and whatever and came across this guy, BPL Fishing. I was, oh, this guy's from Moose Jaw, not too far down the way. I'll slide into his DM, see if he wants to do a giveaway with me. He's got a ton of followers. Maybe it'll help me get me get me some followers. So Logan was nice enough to do a giveaway with me. <laughs> I, I arranged it all. And basically, Buddy just sat back and gained followers from it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, we did that. And then we just kind of kept chatting. And it was like, we should go fishing together, man. Like, I mean, we both have fishing pages. So we did that. That was December 3rd of 2020. Oh, you know the exact um, day? I feel like the yeah, bad December boyfriend. 3rd, <laughs> yeah, December 3rd of 2020 is when when Logan stole my heart. So um, <laughs> Logan. We, went, we went ice fishing to Last Mountain Lake. And uh, yeah, we just kind of hit it off and liked each other. And I was threw out the idea. I was like, I want to start a podcast. He's like, well, I was going to start a podcast. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, well, there's no point in us competing against each other. Like, would you be open to like maybe doing it together? And at the time we had no idea what, a podcast even consisted of you know like all the work same thing as you're talking about tristan you really never really know what you're getting into and um whatever i mean within the time frame of december 3rd to you know i think our first episode was in like the first week of january or something i think it was february 20 was it february yeah. but we, so we record we we spent about four or five weeks kind of planning like what it's going to be called. I feel like everyone gets so tied up on what, what they're going to call something. We, we probably spent way too much time on that. Yeah. But, um, and then just trying to figure out on what platforms, like how to actually do this. How are we going to actually bring this to life? Who's going to actually want to sit down with us? Two guys. I don't really know two shits about fishing, but, and then I don't know. There's, there's so much ego and stuff involved. Right. So then you kind of self-sabotage a little bit you know is anybody gonna listen and and all that kind of stuff and we just kind of decided no we're just gonna put ourselves out there and if people want to listen they're gonna listen if they don't want to listen then you know this is just something we're gonna do for ourselves because we like to talk fishing and you know what the last two years have been fantastic and we've met a lot of great people done a lot of great things and worked with a lot of great companies so yeah that's that's pretty cool that that sounds like there's a lot of parallels to to kind of our route there i would imagine mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm wondering too like uh has it become work for you guys yet at any point like that because i definitely feel that some days now it's creeping in when i'm trying to manage all my time and um trying to figure out how the hell am i going to get content for the, you know the the next month here or something the, the pressure on the trip all of a sudden starts to escalate yeah. a little at times but- and it it could be a, a big trip up north, or it could just be the weekend trip to to the local uh, honey hole. Yeah. But uh, there's definitely it it shifts a little sometimes now for me. I, I think it's uh, it's nice that this is a podcast. Like I um, w- was doing it like for fun, the the YouTube side of things. Like podcast aside, I was I go out, put on a GoPro chest mount and record some stuff, whatever ice fishing was easy. You know, when a fish is coming in on the flash or stuff like that. Right. And, or tip up goes up, you can hit, start recording. It's a lot easier. I find in the winter to do that stuff. And so I kind of felt the, not that I felt the pressure there. I, I have like a hundred subscribers on YouTube, but I was like, I want to record stuff. I want to go and try and catch rainbows this weekend. And then instead of just, I want to catch fish. Well, I also want to get it on video. Right. So I felt the pressure there, but as far as the podcast for pressure, I don't feel anything because it's kind of like, yeah, we like to like me and Brad have gone out fishing 
together quite a few times and it's like okay we need it we got to get some fish so we can get some content whether it's for merch or just for short clips stuff like that and we just we just blow every time and it's like (laughs) Like, I don't know, like, it's, I don't know what happens. Like, literally, you can go out the day before, and it's great. Well, sorry, there was one, we had a really good March Madness last year uh, with some big pike and some perch and stuff. But other than that, it's just, uh, yeah, there's definitely more pressure to to get those trips to work out, right? Like, we had, uh, we had from, um, we had a Kingfisher one weekend for a whole weekend, Kingfisher boat, nice. and we're like, oh, yeah, like, it's it's fall, the fall bite, like, let's get on some walleye stuff. I dropped like four or five right after the hookup. I I don't know. I don't even know how many we landed. Like it was just atrocious. And it's like, why can't things work out for once when we're out doing it, right? Because then I could mm-hmm. go up the next weekend and it's fine. And it's like, oh, if only Brian was here because I guess for, for my side of it, I don't have to get as in-depth as Brandon. But um, like he's got a marketing background. My background's accounting. Um, and so I don't know how you guys do it as far as the editing and stuff like that. But I kind of do the audio editing and things like that, get those ready to go on the platforms. And if you're talking to us on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, 99% of the time it's Brandon. So he knows that marketing side really well. I can kind of just like, I don't, I think Brad's like, have you ever edited audio or something? I was like, no, but I could figure it out. Just YouTube it. Right. And, um, for myself, I already had like my name being Logan Lewis. I had made up my own like clip art or not clip art, but like, a um, whatever you'd see when you're listening to this episode. I don't even know what you call that, but basically the picture. Co- cover art. Yeah, cover art for my podcast. That was Louis Lines. That was going to be my podcast. So I had that already in my head, and I went fishing with Brandon. And like you said, I think we'd already – we recorded with Shane our first episode before the end of December after talking. But then I had also listened to a whole, like, 26-part Spotify playlist on how to launch a podcast and stuff like that. So I had done like a deep dive, which I tend to do. And lots of the time I deep dive and then I never touch it again. But mm-hmm. this just stuck. So as far as feeling like work, kind of bringing it back to that, it's funny you, you asked that because I was, <clears throat> when I went up to get my charger and stuff for this, for for the laptop, I was like, I don't think I've had an episode yet where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this kind of thing. Like there's definitely times where it's like, with our one of our last episodes there with Jamie Bruce, like we recorded Thursday night, it had to go up Friday, and it's like eleven o'clock, and I'm just like buzzing trying to get this thing edited so that Brandon could then I upload it. Brandon goes and does the description and stuff, and it's just like there's been some late nights and stuff, but I I, I still thoroughly enjoy. It. Like I think if this was our full time thing, um, it would be a lot easier. But as me and Brandon have said in the past, like I'm busy, Brandon's busy, 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 so it's like maybe it feels like work in the sense of okay i gotta squeeze this in to because there's so many things as you guys know behind the scenes as far as like you want your logo done well that's however many emails back and forth and figuring this out Mm -hmm. approving this right and it's it's it'd be easier if you just had an office with someone doing it like yeah go ahead do this right but that's obviously not the case so i for myself it hasn't really felt like work i it'd be hard to I, i find it hard to get myself to do something if i don't want to so um i've been able to been able to keep doing this so i haven't felt quite like work yet there's definitely some 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 late nights like i said but even once we got off a call with some of the guys we work with in the in the background i'm just like buzzing i can't sleep You're that buzzing night anyways i'm yeah. just buzzing i can't <laughs> sleep i'm just excited about like seeing this thing come to life or working on the next thing so i haven't it hasn't hit me yet so i feel like the the whole podcasting thing like like having these conversations is that this is probably one of the most refreshing things that i do besides like getting outdoors yeah. is like 
because especially right now in my life, I feel like there's there's not a lot of opportunities for me to sit down with somebody and have a long form conversation. Most of the stuff is either, you know, TikTok, Instagram, cruising through Facebook or whatever. Everything's very short real. attention span stuff. Yeah. And there's no real connection to anything. And here we can have a conversation and and uh, learn about each other. Like th- the other day I had a. I did a podcast with Eric Labopa, who's mm-hmm. uh, like a Filipino angler in Winnipeg. And like, I've known about Eric for years. Yeah. And I've, I've like met him, crossed paths with him, did events with him kind of thing. And, but didn't know him at all, really. Yeah. Right. Just know him from what you see of him on Instagram and everything. And uh, yeah, we had this awesome conversation about like, um, you know, his family and everything like that. And it's just, it's so cool to be able to sit down and, and have that dialect back and forth between two people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's definitely, that's been the thing me and Brian talk about is like all the people we've got to talk to that not for any other reason other than, than the podcast. Right. And it's like, I would have never, we'd like John Hoyer, our second episode. It's like, would you ever been able to talk to him for what was it like an hour straight? Right. Unless it was something like that, like the opportunities you get to get to have, get to talk to, to Jay, to Josh, like there's so many people, Keith, like it's, it's been all over the board as far as who we get to talk to. And it's all, we like to incorporate lots of different things and as many different places. And it's just, it also, I, maybe it's selfish, but it's like the knowledge you gain from all of it too. Right. So many different perspectives is, is huge. So I think, like you said, that the chance to sit down and talk like this, even though we're not together, you can still, we can still see each other's faces and stuff like that. And it's just getting to know people. Cause like you said, I, I've been seeing you guys on Instagram since before we started our podcast for sure. Even 2018. When, yeah, basically. So it's like, I've known of you guys, but now actually getting to sit down and, and talk is a lot different, right? Than a DM here or a DM there. So, yeah. The funny thing is, too, we've, we've had a couple conversations, like uh, record a couple episodes. And then after the episode had people be like, hey, you know what? We should just like plan like a, a virtual beer night one night and, and just have beers over Zoom. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and that's it's crazy. We, we have yeah. that sometimes after, like we've mentioned before, we interviewed with Gord Pizer there and talked for another hour and a half after he went and got oh, a yeah. coffee and we... Just stayed up talking to him for another hour and a half after the after a two hour episode or something like that. So that's, that's awesome. awesome when when the gold comes out though too is like yeah after, I know after you, you're done recording and then you get I'm pretty this. sure I said about four times when we're sitting afterwards with Gordon I'm like oh my god this is the conversation we needed to have when the red light was on yeah yeah it's unbelievable yeah right? yeah the red light changes the way some people talk to you right and and it's also understandable because you try and keep things not that things get overly not clean or whatever but it's like you're just free-flowing conversation you're not as worried right whereas you know something like this is is going up all over the place you don't want to say the wrong thing or whatever right and and whatnot mm-hmm. so when you can kind of get those conversations going or maybe someone has an opinion on something and they take the safer side of it like i don't know we talked to we talked to jamie bruce about ice fishing for smallmouth and I mean, Jamie's just going to say what, what he thinks. Right. But maybe someone else would be like, yeah, don't do that. But, and never do it. Right. Cause that's maybe the thing that most people think. I don't, I don't know. We don't, mm-hmm. we only have one Smalley like here, but, um, like it's just things like that. Right. So yeah, <laughs> hey, you, you can just look on the master angler program and find out where it is. So yeah, Tristan, I guess, uh, just cause you, I, you asked the question about, you know, 
Do you ever find it feeling like work? Do you happen to manage like a lot of the content and social media part of it? No, I don't actually. No. No. <laughs> well, no, we, we split it up and I'll, like Shellen does a, a ton of work just on, okay. the, uh, on the marketing side too, like the, yeah. the, like the business relations side. Um, but like I, when we were talking earlier about the pros and cons of, of this business and stuff like that, I was, I've just for starting to find sometimes that I have, I have to be a lot more intentional in how I, I structure my outings now. Yeah. And that, and that's where the, the work comes in. And yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, how do I get, how do I record something when it's minus 30 and it's windy outside and we just got to get a fish on the ice kind of, or like, I'm all I want to do is cook a hot meal and show that we caught a fish that day. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and sometimes that's, that's really hard and not like a minus 30 windy day kind of scenario. Um, especially when your camera gear starts to fail at that, at that level, stuff like that. Yeah. Chase and I went hunting late November here for the first time in a long time together. And we, we left the cameras in the truck and, uh, it was almost like this liberating feeling of like, you know, we just got to go out there and be in the, in the woods and not worry about taking some B roll or, or, or something like that. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I love so much about it. Uh, it just, you know, I think if you're, if you're getting into it, like you would just have, having a plan around how you're going to manage some of that would be kind of where I would come from or like, like just kind of schedule it in there. Right. So yeah, like we don't, especially if you're, if you're working with sponsors and stuff like that and you're trying to get sponsored, um, content too it's almost like you're better off just planning days not for content planning on catching a fish or not even planning on like lots lots of our content is hunting content is like don't even plan on like trying to shoot something that day yeah just plan on getting some cool pictures with the products or whatever it is right yeah exactly like we when we when we got our first start our merch not that long ago like i know you guys have a, a ton of selection right and we just kind of picked ours up and um we went out the one day we went out fishing and it's like we got out around was it around noon i think and then we kind of like tried for a little bit and we're like oh let's just go and take some pictures with the merch and stuff like that get some content before the bite picks up at like three or four kind of thing right and so then it was just like an hour of just messing around doing that so you kind of, like you said you kind of just got to be like let's go get pictures or do that today yeah. and then worry about it tomorrow like i was um the Brandon's definitely the content side of things like the eye for it all like i i have no artistic bone in my body at all so it's kind of i'm totally opposite of that i get out a lot like when i of course when i get my deer probably the biggest deer i'll maybe ever shoot and i'm by myself and it's like i gotta try and get pictures <laughs> by myself and stuff right whereas i go with with some buddies the next day they get their first box we get awesome pictures with it right so it's that happens yeah. a lot to me because i i'm kind of if someone wants to come great if not i'm going kind of thing so it's lots of alone stuff but even brownie was saying like i'm like oh i'm going out hunting again i'm like i just getting into bow hunting this year and i was like i'm going out he's like get some content i'm like i don't even know what i'm doing so like i don't know how i'm gonna get content either kind of thing right like still learning there it hurts my heart (laughs) (laughs) logan Logan get logan gets out way more than i do and yeah, yeah. I, I can't even, you know, lean on the guy a little bit to get some content. <laughs> hey, I try. I, yeah, I, I try. It's just, it's, I need to get myself an actual camera. That's the biggest thing. And I know you guys. ABC, have, man. Always be contenting. Yeah. 
that's what uh i mean i i get some not bad stuff as far as for shorts and stuff but um yeah no to get the actual i need a I need to get an actual camera is step one but then i need to get an eye for it i think that's one of the most overlooked things is that everyone thinks they need a mirrorless or dslr camera and really your iphone nobody actually digs into the settings of what your iphone can do but you can go into your camera and if you're taking video you can you can take some 60 frame per second video and slow it down and that slow-mo video is 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 pretty crispy from an iphone so um so you're saying like it's the a lot user of people just un- <laughs> yeah it's definitely it's a me. user issue the uh the th- cool thing about iphones too is like you can take some really cool photos they are restricting like if you want to like compare like a like a slr or dslr or mirrorless or whatever there is some like restrictions on them compared to them but they the technology they have in them to like make a photo look great just by clicking a button mm-hmm. is pretty damn awesome oh yeah like it's, un- it's unbelievable yeah you like you take photos with them and that you you'd have to absolutely edit on a slr or mirrorless mm-hmm. that's true to get it is like punchy right yeah so you can definitely tell like i got some buddies that i know they've got a camera in their backpack every time they're out whether it's fishing or hunting and stuff and i you can definitely if you know what you're looking at can spot like scrolling through instagram like okay that wasn't that wasn't an iphone but mm-hmm. it's still like you said for the ease of i can give it to you can give it to your grandma who's never used a phone before and just say click the white button and get a good enough picture like it's it's pretty impressive yeah. in that way my first thumb my... yeah half of her yeah. thumb half of what you want the picture of <laughs> oh my god that that is fantastic my my wife had her three-year-old taking videos of her at the skate park last summer she was skateboarding <laughs> yeah you can you can do anything and, with them and like and the camera was actually flipped around she was recording herself yeah <laughs> yeah Grandma, I can't see you. No, but yeah, the the remarkable factors though too. Like, I think a lot of folks just get by just telling a good story on social media too. Like, I I know Chase and Sheldon interviewed that shed crazy guy, um, talking about his his journey there. No, we did not. Oh, you did uh, Chesser, right? Yeah, Eric Chesser. Yeah, that's right. Um, and even even then, he was on top of like the the narrative around elk hunting in his area so just i don't think they use anything fancy for the first little while and Mm -hmm. their their video stuff for the first first bit was like not that great they use like a very small um like canon camera with like optical zoom on it and it's great for like doing back backpacking stuff but um like lots of their their footage is like they're doing vlog style so they're holding the camera out looking back yeah. at it and it's like out of focus yeah just because it's autofocus and whatever and it's not great whatever it's not the great proper focal length or whatever so it's kind of but it's interesting because they're they're like obviously one of the the largest outdoor groups in north america right now and they're they are they have they have hired cameramen now and, and everything like that and they put out some mm-hmm. amazing stuff but they're like their their original stuff is is nothing nothing fancy it's just passionate and and you yeah. know, talk about it and tell the story yeah that's yeah that's when true. i when we had that question pop up like it was like i had written down passion because it was like that seems to be the thing that shines through on, on the app it doesn't matter if you're taking it with an iphone or if you're taking it with a, a 
ten thousand dollar camera if you if you're able to like show showcase a bit of a story and put a little bit of yourself into it like i feel like people connect with that a lot more now than mm-hmm. yeah I, I i don't know about you guys but there's only so many pictures of like double fisting crappy i can look at maybe 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 there's an infinite amount but like i mean yeah <laughs> after a while uh you know you start to they start to blend together in some ways too right so 100 percent, and i think um just from like a, a marketing perspective like it, it starts to become a personal brand right so that's essentially what everyone's doing especially all all the outdoorsmen that you know aren't actually you know creating a new logo and a brand like you know, it's personal branding. And if you can tell a story, that's, that's what marketing is. So. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I, I hardly, I suck at uploading on my Instagram. Um, but I like to do stories a lot because you can kind of, you get lots of people they can reply to it easy. It's something different. They see kind of what's going on. And I find you're able to tell a short story, I guess, in the sense of a day, right. Cause they're only up for 24 hours. But, um, I've liked to use those a lot. Like I maybe post once every couple months now on my BPL page, but there'll be, if I'm out fishing, there's probably a story of something or whatever, something going on, right? It's a bit easier than putting up a, a main post and stuff. And I kind of like to use those. I think some <clears throat> some guys I like to uh, like to watch on YouTube is the Wildfly Productions. Um, I don't know if mm. if, you, if you guys yeah. have, have watched them, but that's based, that's, I mean, they've got good gear and stuff, right? But that's four guys who like to fly yeah. fish who went out and did it, right? And all them all themselves i mean obviously they have experience with with that stuff but it's not like they have a separate cameraman they are their cameraman and stuff like that and and they make some some awesome stuff so that kind of popped into my head there when you're talking about that yeah it's tough man especially like if you're trying to run it by yourself it's very tough yeah no exactly that's uh i when i first started trying to do my youtube it, it ended up just being i more or less was doing it like my uncle liked to watch it my grandma liked to watch it stuff like that and so i kind of tried to do like the looking into the camera talking into it and i was like <laughs> no i can't i can't do that same reason I, I tried to start i tried to do one episode by myself of, of louis Lyons podcast before this started and i started and i was like i can't talk to myself like i plan to have people on each episode but i was like i can't i can't do this i can't talk to myself it's just so weird so then my youtube just became clips from my chest mounted gopro which was a it's a hero gopro hero 3 plus or something like by no means new at all we've had it for i don't know how many years but it does the job as far as that stuff right like it still takes good video and stuff but i mean it's it's nothing special but you gotta like you said with the podcast too you listen to our first episode the audio is terrible everything's just terrible but you, you gotta start somewhere so mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah we had a lot of i, I messed up a few episodes pretty good too where it was just like Cause we, we did a lot of them, like when we were doing it in person, we had, we have like a, um, like a mixing board and it runs into the laptop and run like four mics off of it. And then if you don't have it run set properly, you just like, it's kind of like similar to photography where once it peaks too far, you just lose information. You lose, lose audio. Mm-hmm. It sounds terrible. And, uh, we had a couple episodes like that and I just panic panic mode yeah <laughs> well yeah i mean because i mean we touched on this already but there's so much that goes into this behind the scenes and it's you know more or less a passion project i mean for for you guys maybe it's it's more of a business especially you know with three of you guys involved and you guys been in it for about two more years than us um there's there's a lot that goes into it and it's a passion project until 
you know, may, I don't know what the future has in store, but I mean, it's just because we like to do it. And yeah, sometimes, I don't know, Logan doesn't feel like it's a job, but I have so many other things on the go. <laughs> it's uh, sometimes it's, it's Tristan, I agree with you. It's, it's just fitting that in. I don't even have kids yet, man. And I'm like, not going to lie, the other night when we were supposed to record this, I wasn't going to be here because <laughs> I had, I, I had, a, I had something come up. I, I had a showing I had to go to and, uh, yeah, it's just kind of the, what it is, but thankfully we were able to reschedule. Thank you, Sheldon, for being sick and <laughs> yeah. still being sick and not being here. <laughs> I was actually uh, sick that, that day too. And I was like, oh man, this is it. Cause my kids have been sick and like yeah. I said, my wife's been sick and I was like, all right, I'm going down. I just had a headache all day. I was like, we got to reschedule, man. I'm not going to make it through this one. Yeah. And then the next day I woke up, I'm like, oh, I feel great. How did I dodge this bullet? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I started to feel sick on Friday. And I was like, oh, man, now I'm going to be in the middle of a sickness when we go to record this week. And so I didn't go fishing. I didn't go outside all weekend. I was like, I am sleeping and I'm just not going to get sick and I'm feeling good today. So I was like, that's like you dodged a bullet there hopefully but like you said it's it's definitely going around and at least at least nice. we got this one to work out and i, I was like brandon messaged me it was, it was like what was it like five o'clock that day he's like he's like i got a situation i was like basically like yeah i can do it myself tonight <laughs> kind of thing but it's it's also just getting it done like i don't do you guys have an uploading schedule that you that you go on or is it just when when you get an episode yeah, we we uh, we try to do three a month, so it's usually okay. the first, the tenth, and the twentieth. Every month is is what we normally try to run on. Uh, things went a little haywire through hunting season here. Sheldon was working up north for like the last six months, pretty much as well, um, in and out of service. And then it's yeah, hunting season. We had a few in the bank that we use, and then we just we were all over the place, kind of busy with life. And uh, we're actually taking December off. Okay. And Ooh. we're going to be start launching in January again is a plan. So um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we definitely hit that. We try and do every other Friday and it's at 6 a.m. So that means it needs to be good to go by 5.59 a.m., which we haven't gotten that close yet. Like it's been like, what, 1 a.m. on Thursday night, stuff like that. But um, try, try and yeah. stick to it, right? There's, there's only so yeah. much you can do sometimes. Like when I went to the territories, we had one episode that month, just banked one for, for before then. And then, uh, Brandon got married this fall and we just got both, both of us got busy. So we missed a month there, but otherwise it's, it's, it is like we were at first, we kind of like, we uploaded three, like right off the start, we uploaded three at once and that was our bank. And then it's like, like, we don't have a bank. Like it's kind of like we should yeah. and we, we try to sometimes we've maybe had a bank like once or twice but then it's like uh, we, we need one for this Friday and then it's like oh we should have recorded last week so just in case but now it's like oh it's Thursday we're recording Thursday night and this is going up tomorrow <laughs> just yeah. trying to figure that out oh yeah yeah we, we're the same kind of way too we I mean once in a while we'll get a few episodes in the bank and then it's like hey we got episodes in the bank let's you know we can take like a little bit of time off or whatever and then it's it's just like well, not really, because then now you're back at the same thing like two weeks later. Yeah. Trying to get an episode for this week yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. That's our two part. Time, yeah. Time just creeps away, honestly. Like, it's pretty crazy how how fast uh, time flies. Like, you know, even 
considering like you guys started in 2018 this is wild it's gonna be 2023 in a couple weeks and you know we're we're sneaking into year three of weekend warriors you know having a brand that uh two years ago was nothing everyone always talked about weekend warriors and i'm sure there's a lot of other brands out there called weekend warriors but i feel like in the last two years you know you kind of develop a brand and community and it's crazy that it's going to be year three yeah that's awesome well from my perspective you guys have certainly established yourself as uh the weekend warriors brand the like primary i don't even know if i've seen any other weekend warriors brands out there but I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> there was like a there was like the a when we first through. when we first started there was like a South African political podcast or something like that. That was Weekend Warriors yeah. or something. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah. Logan's like we can't we cannot use the Weekend Warriors name. I'm like, okay, well then we're gonna be the Weekend Warriors Fishing Podcast, yeah. not just the Weekend Warriors podcast yeah. and yeah well, and we abbreviate too, so that helps. There's no, no there's none with the abbreviation because they. Yeah. I was looking at YouTube. Um, cause we don't have much long form content Our shorts are doing good, but the long form stuff, we don't have much. And there's like seven or eight other weekend warriors podcast, YouTube channels, but that's just weekend spent spelt out in full. And I think actually, did we not get our name from the song? Like that used to be our intro, right? Oh and then God, we didn't, yeah. we didn't know. If, that was awful when you used that as an intro I, sound. It got me pumped up for the episode, but I just, it, it uh, we didn't know if we could <laughs> use it legally. So terrible song. You don't like that song? <laughs> I hated it, but oh. I didn't have any other options, so I just let you run with it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like that song. I guess we pumped up. <laughs> that probably that probably steered away about 50,000 listeners. Yeah. And they never, ever came back. They're still not here. <laughs> yeah, they tuned into the first 10 seconds of those first three episodes, and then they never came back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we didn't <laughs> yeah. want to take all your people. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, and that's kind of another thing too. Start like obviously they've got a great podcast, and I was really into listening to podcasts. I just found them so interesting that you could have this long form content, and when you're driving to the lake or whatever, you're going out hunting and and stuff like that. It's like it's nice to have that thing to listen to, and also I just did the same thing as Brown and started my page because I didn't want to flood my personal page with just fishing stuff, right? So the getting to talk to the like-minded people like i'm sure people around us are happy we get to have this outlet to talk about it so they don't have to talk to us about it as much right like trying to talk mm-hmm. to some people around you like i don't know your wives are probably happy that you can come and talk hunting and fishing and stuff and then leave them alone instead of <laughs> kind of going off their ear and stuff like that i think that's been been the nice thing because it is you can find like-minded people but if you're going out hunting or fishing with them you're also closer with them and you've had a lot of the same conversations right so when you get to to do this and talk to different people in different places, like you can think of that, you know, a lot about Canada. Sure. You know where places are, but then when you get into the outdoor side of it, and then you get even deeper into the hunting side or the fishing side, there's so much, it's so different province to province. It's, it's actually kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one cool thing too. Even like, um, the, like we, we've expanded now to like talking to people in the States and, and uh, obviously all over Canada and it's you can really see like the cultural differences in a lot of a lot of the activities that happen um for instance we're like talking to well even Saskatchewan and and like Texas like deer hunting wise you can bait for deer over there in Manitoba it's illegal and it's always like you know it's kind of the uh baiting for deer you know mm-hmm. like, I, that guy got a big deer this year but I heard he baits kind of thing yeah meanwhile it's just across the border and down in Texas where they kill a whole bunch of huge bucks 
Baton's legal. Yeah. So it's just kind of like the, and it's, it's not frowned upon there. And it's just like the, the cultural shift there in the conversation is, is interesting to, to listen to. Right. Yeah. And flip side for us is we can't use live bait, but Manitoba has live bait for the time being, I guess, with some of the new changes mm-hmm. maybe, but like, it's the same thing. Like you look at, I think it's is it Lake of the Prairies that's right on the border there. Like you can, you can use it there, but if, if I go say another 15 minutes to another lake on the Saskatchewan side, I can't, I can't use live bait now. It's like, this is like the, what's the difference there? So we always talk about that. Like, I wonder what the fishing would, how the fishing would change, say at last mountain, if live bait was allowed, like our artificial is not going to oh work as God. well and stuff. Like it's, that's kind of, it's funny that you say that, or even two, I just, I just started getting to hunting three years ago now. And, um, as far as snow geese go, like I tell people, like when they see a pile of geese or whatever, it's like, Oh, you can keep that many or you can, that's your limit kind of thing. I said, well, it's 20 here, but is Manitoba not a hundred or something? And you get in the States and there's unlimited in some places. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's crazy how it changes by an imaginary line in, in the country. Right. So. <clears throat> yeah. It's wild. I don't even, I think you guys have more snow geese coming through there too, than, than we do over here. So that's, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it, uh, like, it's unlimited possession, but our daily limit is 20. So, um, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it, it is funny how everything's different, but you'll see that even down in the States too, it's crazy how much things can change, but even, um, when I, when I shot my first year, it was, it was a five by five, pretty, pretty skinny, but I was very happy with it for my first year, especially. And I went on a podcast with a, with a guy from Ontario and he's talking about shooting this huge buck. And I'm like, I took this buck into a garage where there was 20 deer on the wall that were at least two times bigger than this. Like, I'm like, I didn't know as much then. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is a big buck. But then you see people down the States are jacked about like a, like a two by two or something like that. And it's like, not to diminish that at all either right but it's like it's crazy how things are different just where you are oh yeah totally same thing man i got uh, a neighbor here he's from uh southern ontario really close to quebec there somewhere and same thing where he hunts it's like you can't shoot i think you can't shoot anything it's got to be three points or, or more mm-hmm. but that's all they pretty much shoot down there because there's nothing bigger oh yeah so it kind of doesn't then, allow anything to get bigger either. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like you show him some of the bucks that your buddies are shooting here and he's like, holy man, that's insane. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's definitely a thing. I guess that could kind of transition into, um, actually maybe I was going to go into hunting in Manitoba, but I did talk to you guys about, um, some of the best fishing opportunities outside of the red and like Winnipeg there and also outside of like your Clearwater, Bakers, Narrows areas. Those are kind of the ones that are talked about a lot over here in Saskatchewan. Um, and, and you guys being in Manitoba, not that we're looking for hidden gems, but kind of what else does the... Yes, we are. <laughs> well, we can talk about those after the recording ends. No, I, I guess like what's what else? what else is there? Like I know I've seen the one video I love, well, I like lots of Aaron's videos, but when they're fly fishing for those huge brookies... Um, that's that just gets me jacked up i love those videos and i know it's i I don't know but i'm pretty sure it's basically in the middle of nowhere as far as where you have to go for that but like i i know i read on your site that one of you guys was loving brookies too so i i don't know if that was something but yeah what's what's your guys opinion on that so the like the if you want to chase after like the native brook trout non like non-stock brook trout you got to go way up north to like uh past pretty much the the end of the road kind of thing okay um 
<clears throat> and they're all most of them like lots of them are sea run so they come in off of like the tributaries from the hudson bay there and um where, where were you that ah, where were you nice nice talking chase <laughs> <laughs> where we were moose hunting this fall um we actually took the train up and uh and camped there and that's one of the rivers we were on is like a crazy brook trout river okay and it's it's interesting though because it's not like um brook trout are just flooded in the river it's like you gotta kind of find where they're spawning yeah and target them there okay but there are i'm sure there are like other areas like on the haze and stuff like that in the river in the summertime where you can't keep them off their hook there's actually a couple guys that i used to work with that canoed from um where was it now somewhere like knee lake or something and canoed all the way up and you start getting into the brook trout kind of like you come into like god's lake which is this huge phenomenal lake for um uh, lake trout walleye brook trout pike fishing it's kind of like a all-in-one kind of spot mm -hmm. and you get up through there and the brook trout fishing just starts lighting up and then um when you get into like the hayes river and stuff like that um, apparently it's really good in there, but nobody really goes up there because it's not really accessible. Just so far out of the way. Yeah. And, um, it's a pretty big river as well. So it's not like, I don't know, we used to do, so I used to do a lot of like remote flying stuff and we'd land at these little creeks with helicopters and this is kind of how we would access a lot of them on the coastline. Yeah. Um, but like the Hayes River is so big that you just never, never did. But my buddy just would have like a fishing rod hanging out of his kayak. And he said he had to pull the fishing rod out of the water because there's catching too many fish. Yeah, there's just pull holding, holding them up too much. Yeah. 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 No, that's so that's fair. Um, yeah. The brook trout fishing can be phenomenal up there. But the thing is, too, um, and these these words kind of are ringing in my ear from a podcast we did with April Vokey, just like, you know, if, if there's a sensitive fishery, kind of learn how to protect it by not exploiting it too much. Mm. But so like the, the, the prime time for brook trout is kind of when they're on their spawning beds. And um, I don't know how much pressure each of those spots could handle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's guys that go up there every year and, and fish them and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a pretty select um, view, right? Yeah. I'd have to imagine. Yeah. yeah. It's not a weekend trip either, no. right? Like, we, you Chase, you tore a motor in half trying to get there the first time. So, like, and I think Dylan runs through two or three props every time he makes a trip. So it's yeah. like there's we folded a unless you're in half. taking a chopper in. <laughs> yeah, a chopper would be nice. That's I mean that's podcast money right there, right? Just a chopper trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Expense that one. Yeah, shout out. It's a write-off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of brook trout uh, stock lakes, too, that that uh, are, are great in Manitoba, too, obviously. And Saskatchewan has some really great brook, brookie lakes, too, right? I th well, we have, a, we have a not bad stocking program. Um, I know, like, as far as that um, Duck Mountain area, I think that's more Manitoba side, right? But, um, yeah. Lots of our stocked lakes are your like north of Meadow Lake, north of PA, um, mm, stuff like that. There. So it's a bit it's a bit out of the way for where the majority of our population is, like Regina yeah. and and Moose Jaw. Your Moose Jaw, you're about three hours to to PA, 
um and stuff like that experience regina yeah exactly (laughs) so you're you're pretty good distance i mean we have some like i've gotten into some some nice um stock bikes and stuff for north of the range and stuff like that but like it's not uh it's not a day trip by any means i mean we have some down south here but with like you said the the pressure and the population being around here it's it's a lot different right so um yeah our our stocking program is is getting better um but i know even just like the duck mountain area um which isn't that far i think that's like three hours for us too it's pretty crazy what's up in that area and we've only explored it a little bit um and so I think that's probably where lots of people head. You've got some on the Hanson Lake Road and stuff like that that uh, are stocked pretty well. But I haven't got to dive into those lakes as much. Um, usually I'm driving past them on the way to Flin Flon and stuff like that. So um, mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult there. But I mean, yeah, there's it, it's if you're willing to make the trek, um, there's definitely some. I guess that's the same as anything. If you're willing to make that trek, there's some good good stocked lakes. It's just yeah, you got you got to get that there. whole. The whole western part of the province here for us is is really a productive fishery. Yeah, um, a lot has to do with like the the amount of the effort that's been put into the stocking program out there too. Um, Swan Valley Fishery, I think, is is a group. They they do a lot of that sport fishery, fishery. and um, uh, a couple like really popular lakes out that way too is uh, like Twin Lakes, uh, Corsafine. Twin Lake has huge tiger trout in it. Um, and that's actually where Phil Rowley used to come and, and bring guys and actually guide people on, on that lake. And it, apparently from from his words, we had him on the podcast here, and he said it's, it's kind of died down out there a little bit compared to what it used to be, but he still makes a trip out every year to fish it. So Yeah. No, that's – I've been there once. Um, I also fished – was it Pierce, Piercy, Piercy, right by it? Um caught some browns and rainbows there some master browns in there too and that lake was that lake was pretty fun we were early ice though like we were three at best inches probably three four inches kind of thing and um, definitely a good time but yeah that's that's definitely i guess i kind of answered my own question there with some places outside of the clear water baker's narrows and red red area there it's that duck mountain you can't can't really go wrong there even if you just want to fish different lakes like i don't even know how many lakes are scattered throughout there but it's pretty it's pretty nuts and it's close to well right in the middle pretty well right that's pretty well on the border too of saskatchewan and manitoba so yeah yeah and then like so like central manitoba too there's there's one really good stock lake that i'm i'm thinking of in mind right now is like the uh, uh footprint lake up by grand rapids there's uh there's actually a hatchery up there too and they just kind of like somebody told me they just like toss whatever extra they have into a footprint and it just, okay is this really cool fishery with a bunch of different trout in it and can be really productive as well. And then it really close to that. So like if you're making a trip up to footprint, which is about, I think it's about four hours from Winnipeg. Um, Grand Rapids has like lights out walleye fishing there. Okay. And then like June, if you're up there, you'll do a drift down the channel and you'll go through a pack of minnows in one drift kind of thing. Oh yeah. In your boat. Yeah. That's <laughs> pretty crazy there. Yeah. I've never I've never hit it like that, but Sheldon Sheldon's fished it before. He said it's insane. This Sheldon guy is kind of a phantom, eh? I don't know if I yeah. is this guy even real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just Yeah. No, that's that's good. I think uh like lots of these places we're talking about, like you gotta make that trek, but I think that's half the fun too, right? Like it's I, we have a cabin 15 minutes from town and I love being out there, but 
if if I can make a like a actual trip out of it, I find it so fun exploring new places and and making those trips. Mm-hmm. And it's always it's always fun to make a trip to Alberta, make a trip out to Manitoba, right? And just try new things. It's you can kind of get stuck in your ways if you're a walleye fisherman here and you only want to fish last mountain. Yeah, I'm sure you could <laughs> could really figure it out. But to me, that doesn't get me as excited. Yeah, that's Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm stuck in my ways, and I I'm just begging Logan to uh, take me on one of his trips, but he always picks other people. <laughs> I get I get picked. I'm a free agent out there. I just get the text. Ooh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good, and I mean, even if yeah, outside of that part, if you want to go to the Clearwater area, you can stay right on the lake there. And um, we were there for five days, and we only got to fish an evening. A morning and an afternoon in those five days because uh, it was just too windy and so there's tons of other great lakes around there like it's not just the lake trout in that area right you can go you can go for smallies there's stocked lakes around there we had, we had a blast doing all that we got to like i said explore some little lakes that are just tiny like we're the only boat out there and but we're just slaying slaying smallies or you're getting on some stocked trout it's 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 definitely pretty pretty cool like i think manitoba is way different in the layout of it i find like from the parts i've driven through compared to saskatchewan like you gotta go like you can go the border up to pa at least before things really change which is about five hours if you're driving in a straight line probably maybe six um before we start to see a change from lots of the the crops and and kind of little rolling hills and stuff like that right but then you get north of pa and you start to get into some more forest and and then eventually get into the shield whereas i feel like manitoba gets into that a lot quicker uh, as far as like the treat in areas and and stuff like that if if you just head a little bit north uh, i could be wrong there because i've only been there a couple times but it just seemed seemed a lot different and a lot more conducive to to the hunting and, and stuff like that too yeah definitely like that that tree line kind of follows up that that west um border almost up to the paw pretty mm-hmm. much that's what it like, seems like as yeah. soon as you get as soon as you get a little bit east of there it's all like muskeg for the most part <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that's i noticed that driving up to to clear water it's like you're driving driving around there trying to find stuff and it's like this is all just like cattails and and stuff like that i was like it's kind of i i don't know as much about like say hunting specifically moose and stuff but it almost seems like there's too much good area to really be able to to set things up like i know we see that uh like if i'm going out for partridge or for uh prairie chicken and stuff like that it's like why is there nothing here this looks so good but then it's like it'll be like four or five sections of land that's all like that and you're like okay well this is there's almost too much good stuff here like there's nowhere to just really you can kind of key in on it right and i've I kind of was thinking that as i was driving through not knowing much about moose hunting but that's kind of what crossed my mind going through all that stuff Mm-hmm. yeah there's definitely the the shield is not easy to hunt no it's not no like there's i mean maybe if you get into some of the right spots but like it first of all it's like hard to navigate often because there's no like you could run into a you might be on a ridge one moment but then you're into a marsh the next moment and now yeah. you gotta figure out how you're gonna cross that that bog or whatever right um and the it's, if you're hunting big game, they don't really have like established feeding patterns necessarily because it's it's all big bush, right? Yeah. So the 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 movement patterns are a lot different than what you would experience. And we actually have like this weird 
flip happening in Manitoba right now where some a lot of the moose seem to be on the south end egg in the province over like the large swaths of shield that we have in the in the north oh, really? so yeah it's it's kind of a confusing time to be a a moose hunter in Manitoba right now in some ways yeah um I don't know is that accurate chase or like what do you there there's definitely I mean more in, an increase in in moose population uh in the ag lands we'll say and there's a worrisome decrease of moose population in uh the traditional moose territory yeah well because that wasn't it kind of close because i know i've heard like lots of people trying to come over to saskatchewan to to hunt moose too and stuff like that and is is that kind of up in that it was that in that duck mountain area north kind of thing yeah duck mountains it's shut down right now they've had a conservation closure closure there for like five years i think oh now, wow six okay. years mm-hmm. And then uh, they're starting to restrict a lot of the, the hunting outside of that as well. A lot of the areas are, a couple of years ago, they went to like a, a partner tag system. And now a lot of those areas went to a draw tag system. And there's actually, well, there's just the re- like really, really remote stuff, um, like fly-in only pretty much that you can get a general tag for now. Okay. Yeah. yeah that checks out. Well, I guess... Um, hit you guys with some with some quick ones here we uh we kind of talked before and maybe you guys lean more a little bit more to hunting but very broad with like in the fishing hunting outdoors stuff like that but um i had some i just came up with it in my head maybe some quick fire as far as questions between what you've seen from like online from saskatchewan hunting compared to what you've experienced in manitoba hunting so if you had to choose between we'll say Manitoba whitetails or Saskatchewan whitetails? What would you if you say you had a you had a week? What are you what are you choosing? Hmm. I'm almost inclined to say Saskatchewan because like I I haven't done it, so okay. like I that that would be something new for me to 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 try. And uh, like as far as like class of deer and stuff like that, I think both provinces are pretty pretty comparable. Maybe I'll get some Saskatchewan folks riled <laughs> up here, but I think I think both provinces are are, are are close. I, I think Manitoba actually held a, held a record for a long time. Their chase of like, what was that one? Or was that the Saskatchewan buck there? I'm thinking they shot it out of that bluff uh, doing a, a deer drive. I'll have to Google it. Um, I'll Google this after. But yeah, I, I would do Saskatchewan just because it, it'd be something new and and uh, to, to see even just one of the things I was thinking about when we were talking about like the having a podcast or having an outdoor company was just like how hunting and fishing always like has pushed me around the next bend or the next hill. And then like having a company has like really escalated that in some way. So like I've, I've really found like I've pushed myself outside my comfort zone in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And like to go, go do something like a whitetail hunt in Sask would be, uh, you know, just one more step in that direction. I feel like. Yeah. I think I would, um, in terms of like going out for a hunt somewhere and being able to like spend a, a block of time, I, I would definitely go to Saskatchewan and and just I'm the same kind of way. Like I like I like adventure. There's there's a lot of things that I like the 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 familiarity of. But like you said, you were talking about like the getting out and mm-hmm. a little bit further away from the crowd or whatever. And and I like adventure. I like seeing new stuff as well. Um, I did a Saskatchewan hunt probably, oh man, 
age myself with this one a little bit, but probably 14, 15 years ago now. And uh, we had a blast, man. It was kind of wild, though. <laughs> it's like the yeah. wild west over there a little bit. It can we, be, were, yeah. uh, we, we went up to uh, Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. We stayed there after I was guiding at the time. And our whitetail season had just ended. And a couple guys that I was guiding with went up. They, they said they were heading up there. And uh, my uncle's like, you want to go? I was like, let's go. I got nothing better to do. So we all went up. And hotels were cheap. And food was cheap. And we just drove around looking for deer pretty much. And uh, it was it was wild because it was like you can shoot right off the shoulder there with the highway, which is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, private land was still open as long as it wasn't posted yeah and um uh that's the first time in one day that i seen like a bunch of deer bunch of elk and moose in an alfalfa field which is like becoming a more common thing now obviously there's all kinds of photos of them but i couldn't blew my mind the first time i seen that yeah that's fair well i guess i guess in that sense something that's pretty well the same no matter where you go would be I guess the same thing you're hunting would be waterfowl. So Saskatchewan versus Manitoba. Like I've seen some pretty cool duck hunts that you guys get in Manitoba. Um, just as far as like the marsh and stuff like that, like you don't have much of that um, down South here. So if, if you guys were having to choose there, would you be staying home for, for a waterfowl hunt or would you be coming out to, to Sask? Let me just answer that whitetail question real quick. I looked it up. It was that, the I might lose some listeners here, but the the, uh, the Hanson buck, <laughs> yeah, which was taken out of uh, Saskatchewan, and that that's still a world record deer, deer draft, uh, a world record typical deer at two uh, two fourteen and four eighths. So okay, Sask still holding down the record. So maybe maybe that Sask strip is even more prudent at this moment, point in time. There, I was only I was only sixty inches off with Brutus. not that much yeah uh yeah i i think i would go i would i've been meaning to go for a snow goose hunt for for years here and sask probably would give me the best shot of that like okay i i love a good mallard marsh hunt like we got a buddy out here that we go with consistently and he he runs the boat pretty hard and we get into some pretty gnarly spots pretty sure he spends uh, more time in the marsh than the duck commander does yeah <laughs> yeah and we'll uh like nothing gets my blood going like a late season hunt where we're busting ice and uh having mallards come in hard yeah uh but it, it would be really sweet to to get on one of those spring snow hunts and uh just see those suckers coming up from south and uh getting on them so that that'd be my preference i would 100% second that. I would love to get in one of those just insane snow goose fields. Um, we had, I think this year we actually had some like fairly large flocks of snow goose geese come back through. We actually seen a couple big flocks in the marsh this year when we're hunting too, which was wild. Yeah, it was okay. weird. But um, um, from all the ducky people we know, the snow geese have pretty much like pushed east or pushed west, sorry. And we don't really get a, a whole lot of big flocks like we used to. Unless you're hunting up on the coast and like Churchill's a popular snow goose hunting destination. Yeah. And those guys get a lot of birds up there too. So, yeah, that's fair. I think that's kind of, I don't obviously know as much. I'm not claiming to, to know, to know much with, with the numbers and stuff, but from what I've been hearing and even just seeing, like we've gotten so dry around here, um, lots of the birds, like the flyway seems to be moving West a bit. 
according to like some of the guides and stuff I've talked to. And uh, there's not like all our potholes are pretty well dry for the most part compared mm. to what we used to have. Like you look on Google, Google Earth or whatever from the pictures from a couple years ago, and there was a ton more water than than there is now. So I think that kind of seems to be moving over. And then I was talking to a guy or was hunting a lot with the guy this this year who's 73, I believe, and he's been hunting. He's a big waterfowl guy. He's been doing that for a long time right outside town here. And he said, like, when those snows start coming down, you basically want to basically have to wait for the juveniles to start coming because they get there's lots of guides, I guess, up in nor- further north in Saskatchewan. And they've just been hit hard by the time they get down here. And when they come mm-hmm. here, it's basically the juveniles will pull some in when they come in for the most part. And otherwise those adults seem to be, seem to be smarter, but we've been, been lucky enough. Like we have some like deeps right by us. Um, Buffalo pound holds some birds. Last mountain holds quite a few birds and stuff. So we kind of get those snow geese around here. You guys got a, a spring snow geese season there as well? Yeah, we, I actually did my first, it was just a pass shoot, but, um, uh, snow goose hunt this spring. Um, and that, that was pretty cool. It's a little different. You kind of out of the whole hunting mode and stuff like that around then. Right. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess I don't know as far as, as there's spring bear places, right? That's the thing. Yeah. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe people are gearing up for, for that in the spring too, but yeah, no, we got, uh, we get lucky basically from what I've been told is they kind of follow the snow. They go up to where the snow is. So if you're lucky that that snow kind of starts right by you, like it's been working, it's been melting away. But if that snow line kind of is by you then it'll hold some birds for a bit, but it's kind of like, uh, you gotta, they're here. You gotta go that day or the next day and, yeah. and hope for the best. It's go time. That's, that's kind of like some of the guys that have been snow goose hunting too, as well. have have said like when they're there, you gotta pick up and go. Yeah. Um, but that's like some of the most highly regarded table fare apparently that you can get from the wild. I know our buddy, um, Frank Baldwin there. He's a he's a waterfowl biologist with the feds now, and he said his family will eat spring snow goose all day over like elk meat or any other type of wild well, game. That's I was told this this fall that that's like the best the best for waterfowl. I my favorite by far is like a November duck that has like mallard greenhead that has mm. some nice fat on it and pluck that breast and and do that. Um, that's by far my favorite thing thing to cook up so far. But I guess actually that's a lie. My favorite is crane right now is the sandhill. Mm. Sandhills. I nice. don't know what it is. I it's a texture I can't explain. Um, but I love it. And the once again the, the older guy we were hunting with, he's like a joke about do you know how to cook crane? You put it with a rock and whatever, take out the rock or I don't know how it works. Basically eat the rock over the over the crane. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I I love it, so I don't know what other people think. But yeah, those he was saying that if you're gonna pluck a bird and and whatnot, like the snows are snows or specks are kind of considered to be the best for that, is what he was saying. So I always find them uh, so delicate, though. Too I was I've tried plucking a few, and it's it's compared to like plucking a mallard. I feel like you really got to pay attention, otherwise you just rip them wide open. Yeah. That could be, and I, I, when I did, I had a buddy coming out for the first time this year, and he was on plucking duty, and then I'd take, I'd take over knife duty. So I was like, oh, here, maybe just because we were just taking the plucking the breast. So I was like, oh yeah, you can start plucking them, and I'll start, I'll start cutting them, and he's just ripping away, and I'm like, oh, this is great. Like I just get to cut these breasts out, so don't have to pluck them. But a guy, a guy should really get a plucker. Um, one of the, one of the wives of a guy that works for my dad. Um, they're in their, they're in their sixties now, and she's been 
her job used to be like they lived on a farm so she didn't have like a actual full-time job but when uh waterfowl season came around she was in a basement plucking birds for the outfitters around deef and she she can't stand birds now she absolutely hates the thought of it right when I she's, yeah because i don't even know what the limits would have been back then but these these americans come up there's like 10 of them for a snow goose hunt right even if that's a 20 bird limit like it is right now there's 200 birds there to to deal with right so um yeah. she has she has some good stories about that but yeah in a basement plucking those birds by hand and i'm like oh that would just be Jeez. that'd be terrible so you could uh you, it'd probably be a good idea to uh, link up with like a chicken farm or something like that and just rent their plucker off them for a week and yeah honestly pluck all their birds that'd be a good good way to do it because it's like we did we did, we limited out on ducks we had a three-man limit on ducks and then we had 20 snow goose between three of us on my last hunt this year before we got absolutely dumped on with snow and every every bird except for swans seemed to have left after that hmm. and uh we we were cleaning those birds as the the older guy went home we're like yeah we'll take care of it kind of thing like we can we can do this and we were like cleaning from like seven o'clock at night to like 1 a.m by the time everything was mm-hmm. washed and, and stuff like that and i was like man how do people do this with full limits like we could have had another 40 snow ge- snow geese there and i'm like i don't know how some guys do this or maybe they just get rid of them i don't know because you used to be able to donate them to the food banks too i don't know if you can can do that anymore or if that was a thing in manitoba but um yeah mm-hmm. I a lot know of them uh used to the hutterites used to take lots of them and i don't think they do that anymore either but yeah they they got enough of their own livestock they don't need to <laughs> yeah they don't gotta worry about that i feel like you're not gonna be renting any chicken pluck, pluckers off of anyone with the the avian bird flu going around the way it is True. these yeah, days they probably yeah. got the lockdown on that thing like tighter than yeah that's that's a good point I, actually when you asked if i'd been on a spring snow goose hunt we were hunting them this spring with that apparently being an issue like there's quite a few dead ones in between here and regina um we we didn't see it as much uh where we were but um that was definitely a thing we were thinking about as we're grabbing these birds off the ground and stuff but it was kind of i don't know you just yeah put it put it out of your mind but actually this this spring um we had with i don't know if people know how I don't know if you want to use fierce or rough uh, mallards can be when they're when they're going after their woman, right? And we had we had uh, two males chase a female into our our window uh, at our <laughs> house here, and she was just loopy as hell, like loopy as can be. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I kind of went on Facebook, and she was just sitting there. Both both the both the males just walked around the yard. They had like feathers in their beaks from going after and stuff. And they literally we put the dog outside. They didn't leave. And I mean, she's a little 16 year old shit suit or something. They didn't care too much about her, but <laughs> put, put her out. They didn't care. And they just kept walking around looking for her. And she was kind of hiding on the deck. So I called, um, I called like, a, I don't know if you want to call it a rescue or whatever for wild animals. And, uh, they basically said, we're not taking any waterfowl because of the, because of the bird flu. So luckily, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like when someone says, oh, it kicked off hard when they release a fish that's like got bad barrel or something. I'm sure she had a bit of a concussion, but she eventually walked off and flew away flew away fine who knows what happened after that but that's uh yeah that's been a big thing like you can't take meat they weren't allowing meat to go back down into the states right so um i, I don't know how long that'll last but i know that was a big thing because we see some of the americans down here pull up with their huge enclosed trailers and got all their brand new decoys and stuff getting ready to to oh, do yeah. hunts around here but then they couldn't take home the meat so i don't know what a guy does with all that yeah they opened it up now oh did they okay and that's, yeah you can yeah 
But, uh, I mean, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me anyways because the birds are still flying over the border. Yeah, that's where they go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows? But, I oh, I mean, I don't know if uh, we've kind of – this has been a long episode for us. It's got a conversation that's been flowing. It doesn't even feel like it's been an hour and 40 minutes. But Oh, man. Yeah, it's got to it's be turn into a two-parter. But I guess – I guess I think a good way to to wrap this one up. I'm sure we'll have other ones in the future because of how quickly this one went by. But um, as far as both of us kind of being in the outdoor industry, we kind of touched on some of the pros and cons. Um, would we want to kind of end off on that? Get into that a little bit? Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I want to hang on before we get into that though. Yeah. I feel like we've been doing all the talking in this episode, and I. <laughs> I uh, well, I'm I'm going to shorten up your your series of questions here. But what do you guys? If there's anything you guys want to do in Manitoba, what what uh, what's got your eye right now, hunting or fishing wise? Me me personally, I'm not in the hunting scene. Uh, that's kind of Logan's uh, area as part of the weekend warriors. I uh, I never grew up hunting. Uh, I've never been around it all, my whole life. So it's something I want to get into. Just in the process of kind of starting that. So as far as hunting goes, nothing. Um, but <laughs> fishing, <something>. I'd. <laughs> I'd like to uh, definitely get over to Manitoba, do some lake trout fishing up north. I know we do have some good lake trout here in Saskatchewan, but, uh, you know, you see all the videos and everything of up up north there in, in Manitoba, and it just seems like a destination that you have to uh, check off. So for me, it's big lake trout. Um, obviously, we don't have, like, crappie or anything, so definitely, like, doing, like, a, a pound fish trip or something like that would be pretty sweet, too. That's fair. Nice. I think... Uh, as far as specific locations... That's kind of a different topic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, for me, like I've done the cats, tried out, uh, um, clear, clear water and stuff there. I think I would also like to, well, obviously dream trip would be like the brookies, like we talked about probably, cause I've also dabbled in fly fishing and stuff. So I think that would be, be a pretty fun trip, but I think more attainable ones, um, we kind of started planning a trip, like Brown had said, uh, I was talking to a buddy and he was wanting to do the same thing, some crappie. Um, so all those other pan fish. So I think we were thinking about maybe heading to Southern Manitoba for some of that. Um, but then, uh, I'd really like to get into the bass some more. Um, that's something that kind of, kind of yeah. interests me quite a bit. Um, since we don't have that as much here. Um, and just some of those, some of those Northern lakes and stuff. I don't know. Manitoba has, it's just, every time I've been there, the fishing has been just stupid. Like the, we had the one smallie day was three of us in the boat. I think it was 159 smallies and it's all like nice shallow stuff and it's just and in the fall i was like every time i've come to manitoba the fishing's been absolutely lights out and i know we're going to specific spots that we're making the trip there so we know it's probably a good fishery but um it's that kind of stuff definitely got me excited but uh, as far as hunting um there'd be turkeys we don't have turkey hunting here in sask so um i know that's uh that's something that's that's pretty popular i think i'd like to to do that just because it's something different than, than what we have i do have a when i was guiding this this spring in the territories my first set of clients uh they invited me down to iowa to go turkey hunting so i'm planning a trip there this april so i might nice. yeah i might get that uh get that knocked off the bucket list there but it'd be cool to do it in canada so i'll have to compare the iowa turkeys to manitoba at some point because the turkey hunting just seems so different than than any other kind of hunting that you like i've only watched videos right um and i don't i don't know if if you guys have watched some of josh's stuff there with the fed by fire um but i that 
turkey hunting episode he had was pretty was pretty sweet so that's definitely something i want to i want to check out i think yeah we've uh we've done we we just got our toes wet in turkey hunting here the last few years we didn't go this spring just because it's like about a two-hour drive to our turkey hunting spot and uh we usually just day trip it mm-hmm. so and gas was like two dollars and whatever cents yeah what a joke that was <laughs> <And> like <laughs> yeah it's hard to day. justify the, the yeah. turkey breast for for that kind of yeah payoff but yeah uh, but but it is a good time man and it's awesome like to expand the the window that the time that you get to spend outdoors or in the field or whatever and gorgeous time to spend in the yeah outside i, in the I swear there. it's 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 more like elk hunting than it is like like a goose hunt you yeah. know what i'm yeah. saying chase yeah it's, it's more like it's, a big game hunt compared to yeah. a bird hunt yeah that kind of with the with the waterfowl you're setting up for them to come in right whereas those turkeys it'd be a little different like it's more of like a a stock or i guess you're kind of you like you are calling too right so yeah you, i guess it's how you want to play it but i mean just from what i've heard with how good their eyesight is and or whatever like so they seem to be so particular about things and so to me that just seems pretty cool out of a out of a bird because most of my bird hunting is just walking around hoping to flush something and and taking your shot right so i think that i think that'd be pretty cool well you can do that too yeah. <laughs> I, I guess yeah i guess i did i shot my turkey on the wing my first turkey <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, and they are it is they are like just an unbelievably gorgeous bird like with all the the colors and the their iridescence and all that stuff, it's unbelievable. When, when you see them up close, so it's it's very cool. Yeah, no, that's that's something that's that's on my list. So we'll have to we'll have to see what ends up happening. I don't. Yeah. Never know. I I think Alberta has a little bit, but um, yeah, that's uh, I'm, I want to kind of I find Saskatchewan as much as there is a, a beef between Saskatchewan and Manitoba. I find them both to basically be identical places for lots of things. So it's kind of. As far as fishing in the outdoors, we all got a lot to offer there, and mm-hmm. it's great places. And I don't know, I I find them to be like you said at the top of the episode, pretty pretty similar places, even though there's there can be beef. Same same things. but different. Yeah, yeah. Same but different. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Is there anything that you guys want to add or touch on that we haven't touched on at all? I mean, we've been here for a while, so I don't know if we've actually gotten through everything that we wanted to get through, or we've just been uh, rambling for a bit. I'm I'm good with uh, yeah whatever however, however you guys want to wrap it up um, if you want to roll into the the f- favorite things that uh, yeah the pros and cons yeah yeah I guess you want to do like top twenty top, top twenty <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I think I think what would be good is that well if you got you guys have been in it longer so you have more experience in it as far as like one pro and one con from from each of you or or whatever depending on, on how it goes and then. With us being newer, we could kind of touch on what what we've seen or whatever. Tristan, you want to lead it off? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I'll start with the con because I always like to end on a good note. Um, I I did talk about the work a a bit, and so that's that's one thing. So if I was like to give myself a recommendation, if I was to take a time machine and go back five years, I would say. Just, just focus on being authentic. Like if people connect with authentic messaging. Don't like, don't worry about making it too flashy or, or things like that, or like making sure it's perfect. Cause I, I do tend to fixate on things too. So, um, just like I, I find like 
finding that authentic message is, is can be a bit of a challenge, but once you do, I feel like it pays off. Uh, but pro wise, like the, the, honestly, for me, it's the connections. Like I've, I've met so many cool people through doing what we do. Uh, whether it's just someone who's, a, uh, I shouldn't even say just a listener, like someone who listens, like it, it's huge. It's so cool when you meet someone who, I don't know if you, how you guys have had that experience, but just, you know, walking through a home hardware in town and someone's listening to, to your podcast or they have your gear on or something like that. It, it, it's really cool. And then also like, you know, I got my dog here, Willie from Graham Crawford, who's like one of our first guests on. And like, I, text Del Barber, one of our earlier guests to a musician guy about like salsa recipes in the summer and stuff like that. So like, it's just like the connections you forge are like just super solid in a lot of ways. So yeah, I, a lot to be grateful for, I guess, like I would say. Yeah. A lot more pros than there are cons for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. Chaser. Oh man. Where do I start with the con? I don't know. (laughs) Um, I did, but <laughs> I was, I was talking too much and then I was listening to you. He had me lost in conversation. Um, the con is like, I guess, so besides like trying to figure out the schedule now with like the kids and everything, that would be con. But the, the other con is like trying to keep up with like all the latest gear and stuff like that and being in the loop on the latest and greatest stuff, I feel like can be mm-hmm. a bit of a, a a spoiler at times for like, um, like not so much that that I need it. It's just more more so like, should I should I know all this stuff? Should I have some of this awesome gear and and be able to talk about it on every episode? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we have a few amazing uh, amazing sponsors that we work with that like, and some of the some of the gear that we we have like we really try to get behind. Um, our supporters who support us and like get behind their products and if they have a really great product, but like some of the other stuff is like, Oh man, like should I have like all 13 colors of the frostbite tantrum and dinner bell or yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's the, the, the whole the outdoor answers, industry yes. is, <laughs> yeah. in case yeah. you're wondering <laughs> is, is, uh, is just like exploding like crazy right now, like with all the gear and, and, um, everything you can get. So that's, it's a little overwhelming to me to think about and be like, all right, should I know everything that on all this stuff or do, can I just like get by with knowing the gear that I got and, and working with it? Like 90% of the fishing we do, I still do with like a jig and minnow. Yeah. <laughs> you <yeah>. know, <laughs> Uh, so That's it's kind of it's kind of funny. I still I do like fishing with. I picked up a bunch of frostbite stuff and like Northland tackle stuff at the ice fishing show, and uh, it's fun to fish with. But it's not. Uh, I don't know. It's just some about jig and minnow fishing. But um, pro, <clears throat> I think. No man, keep keep ripping fr- frostbite. It feels good. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I'm not ripping frostbite. I'm just. They're doing, a, they're doing a lot of cool stuff stuff right now they got a lot of, a lot of gear so and it it's uh it's good gear it's the best gear <laughs> um the pros i got two pros here um Ooh. first one i'm gonna say is like tristan's i'm gonna follow up on tristan it was just like the the people that we've met and talked to and um the connections you made we made there like there's there's people that are in our lives now that we never would have 
linked up with if we didn't start this company. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like some some of these people have, have like Tristan said we've become very close with like, and uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And then the second part is like uh, some of the skill sets that I've kind of not been forced into, but just <clears throat> excuse me, the way the the industry kind of works is like I don't know, just like lots of there's lots of stuff on the back end that happens here that you don't realize like the computer skills and like photography, videography and, and figuring out all that is like a whole nother job that you got to learn about besides just talking and fishing and hunting and all this other stuff too. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of been cool. There you go. Thank you. You guys, where do you want me to go? Um, or you want to go, Brandon? Like I can go. I got, uh, I kind of, I had the same one as the pros of, of meeting all the people. So I'll, I was going to change that to, like you said, Chase, about all the new stuff that you learn outside of what you knew, right? Um, so I'll have to come back to that one to think of a different one just for... <laughs> you're just piggybacking no, off of everyone. No, I said I'm, even, I'm coming You're back, not even trying. I'm coming back with a different <laughs> one so that it's not the same. But um, a con, uh, I don't know how that would go. Like me... Me and Brandon, um, we've said from the top and and you guys have said too, like we've said it since we started the pod, we're not experts. We don't ever claim to be experts. Um, mm. We like to talk fishing and that's why we started this and that's why we have people on who know a lot more, right? Like we can have banter back and forth and, and whatnot, but it's nice to have that information that's actually factual knowledge to come on, right? So I think a, a con would be kind of trying to like like Tristan said, you want to be authentic too, and I think me and Brandon are because we don't we have no skeletons in the closet. It's just what you see is exactly how it is, right? And so I think kind of one of the cons is trying to trying to make it work and and, and feel like you you should be doing it, like almost like an imposter syndrome in a sense, right? Because you see so many of these guys doing so well. Like the Manitoba scene on YouTube is crazy. The stuff that is being produced as far as with, with Jay and Josh doing a bunch of stuff and Kevin doing all that stuff with the hunt fish and stuff. And it's just, it's mm-hmm. kind of like we were talking about it at the, at the show. Like when we we're sitting around there at the start, we're like, man, we should not be here. Like you, you, you hear a lot of people talking to you online saying they like the pod, but then when you're in person, it's like, this is weird. Like we don't feel like we fit in. So it's kind of, I'd say con is trying to, trying to keep doing it without getting in your head. Like, should we be doing this or, are like are people even listening kind of that that side of it but i mean we have so much positivity come from it that it kind of erases that con but i don't i don't know if you guys had the same feelings like kind of who, who am i to be sitting here talking about this stuff right but mm-hmm. um, you kind of get over that when you just you love to do it kind of thing so that's kind of a little bit of a con but it kind of it gets erased pretty quickly when you have all the pros come in of, of meeting all the people and and getting to to learn all the new stuff and I guess more on the business side of it for a pro um like obviously there's the podcast like the I never edited audio before we started the podcast and never done this never done that and you just kind of learn how to do it out of necessity right but um I think one of the pros is as far as the business side of things has been kind of seeing how much work goes into all the stuff and recognizing that oh, we're actually kind of doing it now too kind of thing and just learning all those different things that it takes. Like it's it's not a like a formula or anything, but 
with any business you start, you need to do this, this, this. Those are kind of the same for lots of businesses, right? You need to get a name. You need to get a logo. You need to set this up, like all these different things that like it's more than just just a podcast. So I think the pro would be all that kind of learning, all that kind of stuff on the on the business side of things. Because like I have my accounting degree and stuff like that, but that's just numbers. Brandon has marketing and that's marketing, but this encompasses everything. It's not just a podcast. It's not just marketing. It's not just accounting, right? Like it's, it's everything. So I think that's my, my pro on top of what you guys already mentioned. Wow. You really came around and picked it up. I'm proud, <laughs> proud, proud, proud of you. Thanks. That was, that that was fantastic. Call a, uh, a Lockport story on the Panoramic Outdoors podcast. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? What's the Lockport Ooh. story? That's pretty much what it, I do is just like, it's kind of like Rump. the Red River. It it ebbs, it flows, and then there's certain like there's sometimes there's no real destination. Yeah, that's usually some rapids. Yeah. You try and wrap it up eventually. Like, okay, how am I gonna bring this all together? And then yeah. you end up catching a master, and then it just all comes yeah. together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, I'm kind of in a shitty place now where you guys kind of talked about everything, <laughs> yeah. good and bad. Um, so I'm in I'm in a pretty difficult spot right now. I think for myself, um, I think the con the con aspect that comes along with it is something we touched on again already. Is just with Tristan the time aspect of it for myself. Like it's it's one piece of a lot of things that I do, but it's one piece that I am passionate about and I thoroughly enjoy. And you know, when we started this, Logan and I always said that we didn't want this to become a job, and mm-hmm. I guess. A con portion would be, you know, those five or 10 minute moments where it kind of feels like a job, but then you realize how much you actually enjoy it and that kind of diminishes. Or the fact that, you know, I've only been out ice fishing one time and Logan's been out four or five times. Sorry. (laughs) And you know what I mean? Like before the pod, you know, I'd be out two, two times a week. And not, I'm not, not saying it's just the pod, but life in general has just got busier, but you know, the pod is, it, pod is an aspect of it. And when I do get out ice fishing, there is that pressure that we talked about that, okay, well we, we need to land a fish. We need to get content because we have a social channel that, yeah, I mean, we don't have any podcasts coming out this week, but we need to be active and engaging with our audience and creating brand recognition and people feeling a part of the weekend warrior brand, because that's what our brand is. It's, it's the people, the the weekend warriors that thrive on the weekends you know, mm-hmm. work all week and, and live out their passions on Saturdays and Sundays. So for us, like for myself, I just want to ensure that, you know, we're providing an experience online and with social media that, you know, is engaging all the time, you know, from a day to day basis. Um, so I, th- I, th- I think that'd be my biggest con is just like the time lost actually fishing um, and focusing on like our audience, I guess, but, that's how much they mean to me, I guess. So if, if you're listening, you mean a lot to me, and we appreciate you. Um, I guess the biggest pro uh, would be obviously connections, which all all three of you already touched on. It's, it's pretty dang cool, um, all the people you meet. But aside from the guests that we have on, the relationships that you have uh, with sponsorships or companies, large businesses that everybody in the industry knows and that – you know, you can successfully partner with and they tell you that they see value in you. I think that is one of the biggest pros that I've seen from this is not just 
you know, family and friends saying, you know, you're doing a good job, but these large companies that we all use on a day-to-day basis to drive our passion, the people backing those brands are actually telling you that they see value in what you're doing too. So I think for myself, that's, that's the biggest win thus far is just, you know, starting from nothing, you know, launching a a podcast episode, not knowing if 20 people are going to listen to growing a brand where, you know, Repella Canada wants to be part of it. So that's such a marketing yeah. answer, eh? The brands. It's all about the brands. Very cool. <laughs> it's important. Yeah. No, it is. And I think you guys could probably test it too. Like we only work with with companies that we actually like use their stuff, right? Like I wouldn't want to steer people the wrong way. And I think that's pretty cool is getting to um whether it's someone you interview or it's a brand you're working with, it's something that you grew up watching, grew up using. And now you actually get to, you're talking to the head of marketing for this company or whatever, right? And you're, you're kind of part of that brand in a sense is pretty cool. Like we didn't think we'd be talking to Josh or Jay or Keith or John, all these guys you never think you'd talk to and you've seen stuff about them growing up or whatever and watch them on YouTube, all this stuff. And now it's like, oh, talking to them and it's, it's kind of cool. And same with the brands using, using Rapala, stuff like that or whatever. It's like, I've been using this since... I probably started fishing and now it's you're working with the company and get to see some of the inner workings too is a cool, is a cool part, but, um, mm-hmm. no, that's definitely, definitely some good stuff. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I don't know. It's, anyone, does anyone else have anything? It's been two hours. This is our longest, our two longest recording. Yeah. Yeah. I just rolled on to two hours. Awesome. Yeah. Well, sorry, sorry. We kept you guys so long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed. I woke up at an hour and a half and I was like, what is that? Is that yeah. real? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you beat. Well, Josh is an honorary panoramic member, right? Did I, did I read that somewhere? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, we, we say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just showed up one day, kind of. Yeah. yeah. He kind of does. He tends to do that, hey? He just yeah, yeah, he does that. It's more of a groupie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. But I guess. Uh, yeah. We may as we may as well wrap it up. I don't know if this is going to be a two parter. I guess we'll have to to decide that. But. Uh, it's been a fun two hours kind of getting to sit down and talk with you guys in person for the first time but uh i guess we appreciate you guys coming on and the inception coming full circle we appreciate being on, on your guys's podcast yeah. too and it's, it's been a good time it's uh it's definitely been a good time this is actually like the the second collaborative podcast i feel like that we've done and uh it, they're pretty cool because like the it's it's a little bit different right and you get the the back and forth banter and the the journey of the the, the podcast yeah enjoy it yeah no it was good and you get to like yeah connect connect with folks at the same level and people that understand it right similarities there yeah, yeah exactly so, cool cool thanks well, a lot fellas really appreciate this yeah we appreciate it as well and that's a wrap for episode 140 of the Panoramic Outdoors podcast. Thank you guys again for joining us. And uh, thanks for sticking through December with us. And uh, we're excited to see what the new year brings here. So we got ice fishing on the on the, on the the docket and uh, talking about doing some 3D shoots. But we'll see what uh, we have time for here. I know the old children's hockey schedule seems to be filling up the calendar pretty quick. So... I might uh, have a lot less time than I actually realized. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of hockey, we got to give a shout out to our world junior uh, U19 men's team there who just 
one gold tonight when we're recording nice. this. So, yeah, <clears throat> pulled off the win against Czechia and uh, in the gold medal final there and uh, beat the States in the semi. So for, to our American listeners, uh, we apologize. We know that was a controversial game. Um, and if there's anyone in Czechia, well, A, thanks for listening, but B, hell of a hockey game, uh, overtime winner. Got to love it. And uh, good job, Canada. Right on, right on. Well, uh, and as always, if you guys are interested in picking up some panoramic swag, head over to the website panoramicoutdoors.com and uh, you can find the full selection of apparel there. Hoodies, crew necks, tank, uh, some tank tops, t-shirts, toques, hats, and uh, buffs to keep you warm on the ice. So check it out, panoramicoutdoors.com. Tristan, final words? Uh- if we don't see you on the rink ice, hopefully we see you on the lake ice. And if we don't see you there, well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you here. Right on. Stay warm, folks. Bye.